Welcome to The Culture Factor, where we talk to founders and influential leaders about company culture. We share stories from the C-suite that help executives engage their business from the inside and create a map to transform their culture. Because the truth is, culture eats strategy for breakfast. This is The Culture Factor, and I'm your host and co-producer, Holly Shannon. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Our journey into company culture has just begun, and we'd like you along for the ride. Jason Van Camp is the chairman at Mission Six Zero and the executive director at Warrior Rising. He is adept at helping teams win by providing new ways of solving organizational problems. It was in his training as a Green Beret and commander that he was schooled in the art of trust as a method of building a strong culture. He continues to share these lessons and stories in his book, Deliberate Discomfort. And today on The Culture Factor, he will help leaders understand how trust is the key and how to leverage it. And today, we not only have Jason Van Camp on with us, we also have Paul Jones, who's the president of Company Tribes and also our sponsor. So should be a great conversation between the three of us. We hope you enjoy. And uh, let me start by welcoming Jason Van Camp to The Culture Factor. Welcome aboard. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, this is awesome. Great introduction. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. And welcome, Paul Jones, also to the Culture Factor. You get to be a co-host today. Yes, I'm so excited to co-host with you, Holly, and I'll have an amazing guest with us. Jason's a very authentic person. I've been able to spend some time with him and just really excited to have you on our podcast, Jason. Yes, I'm excited too, brother. Thanks for having me on. Let's dive right in. So, uh, Jason, why is trust important in high-performing teams? Well, I'll tell you this. I'm a Green Beret, so I'm a U.S. Army Special Forces soldier and officer. I retired in 2015. And what I've learned is that the Special Forces community, it's, it's a climate where adapting to unconventional circumstances is absolutely mandatory. Asking questions, seeking truth, and being creative, are, it's all encouraged. But the leaders in this climate, they have to, they must, they must have the highest level of trust in their people and in turn, those people must have the highest level of trust in their leaders. We're going to combat it together. You know, we're fighting an enemy that's trying to kill us. You know, you have to trust the man to your left and to your right to get the job done. And they have to trust you as well. And I think the biggest difference between elite military units like the Green Berets and Navy SEALs, Delta Force, and businesses is a shared culture. And that culture is absolutely built on trust. That's the foundation. And I don't think enough corporations are talking about trust. And I'll tell you that trust begins by, you know, on day one, by effectively welcoming a, a valuable new employee to your team, clearly setting expectations, establishing effective, open communication. And I think most importantly, it's letting this new employee know that they are valued and believed in. And this is the foundation of trust. It's belief. Trust is a process. It's cultivated through patience. It's strengthened by leveraging six pillars that we talk about at Mission Six Zero, at my company. You know, uh, communication. So a leader's ability to listen and communicate effectively is arguably the strongest effect on an employee's commitment and loyalty. So when people come to me and they say, Jason, how do I get people to buy into my company? I say, you have to buy into them first. You know, you have to take time to understand your employees' different communication styles, their values, their vision for what they want in their life, 
And then and only then can you really have that pulse of your team, that culture. Uh, relationship, I think, is the next thing I'd say is, you know, you need to really look at creating the right culture, the right tribe. You know, we use the word tribe a lot in, in the military. You really strive to get your employees to connect with you and then your employees connect with each other. Um, I've found that people who have close friends at work rarely voluntarily leave the organization. So you don't have as high a turnover rate. Uh, integrity, I would say next. People will notice your actions. They pay attention to your stories and conversations. So, you know, if you're talking to friends or whatever and, and your stories are a little, you know, off off key perhaps or, you know, a little a little too inappropriate maybe for, for not suitable for work sort of thing, people are going to pay attention to that. And uh, people trust leaders with integrity and character. And I think that's critically important. I would say the next is persistence. Uh, trust is achieved over time. It's a process and you achieve it through determination and persistence. So uh, leaders are going to go through trials and errors. They're going to fail. They're going to make mistakes as they attempt to develop this trust. And I feel like um, you have to keep pressing forward and overcome this adversity, you know, and, and accept and embrace this discomfort. Jason, I was going to ask you as it relates to, to developing that, going back to that communication aspect, um, when you're setting expectations, when you're bringing on a new member, a new employee onto the team, and you sit down to kind of set these communication expectations and different things like that, what does that look like? So my boss when I first walked into the Green Berets, right after I earned my, um, my special forces tab, he sat me down and he talked with me about um, his leadership philosophy and how he wanted me to adopt that similar uh, mentality in order to succeed in his company. And the foundation that he established was, was one of trust. And what he asked me was, um, what are, he's like, Jason, what are some, some leadership lessons that you've learned that are important to you. And I gave him three lessons. And one of the lessons that I mentioned was trust your NCOs. And your NCOs are non-commissioned officers, essentially your blue-collar workers, your, your right-hand men, the guys that you work alongside that'll execute on your vision and what you want to accomplish. When I graduated from West Point, I asked every officer I could find the same question. You know, what advice do you have for this brand new second lieutenant going out to lead troops for the first time? And to a man like a knee-jerk reaction without hesitation, they all responded, trust your NCOs. And my boss asked me, he was like, Jason, how has that worked out for you? And I thought for a moment and I answered authentically. I said, not as well as I'd hoped. And my boss said, you know, there's good NCOs and bad NCOs in the army, just like there are good officers and bad officers. Unfortunately, you're going to find the same is true in the special forces. There's good NCOs and bad, off, and bad NCOs. And my advice to you is this, don't trust your NCOs. And I was shocked, you know, and I thought, I'm going to need some clarification on that. Everybody I've ever talked to in my military career has always said, trust my NCOs. You're saying, do not trust them. And he said, that's correct. He said, trust is a process. I need to verify that process. You need to believe that your NCOs are going to do the right thing, but you need to verify that they are. Trust is earned and given with belief. Belief is the first step. It's an uncomfortable leap of faith. And you need to take that. But trust is, is a tangible thing. He said, why would you blindly follow someone just because they have a couple of chevrons and rockers on their rank insignia? He said, don't, that's ludicrous. You don't trust someone just because they have a sergeant in front of their name. You, you need 
to uh, have them earn your trust just as you need to earn theirs. You know, at some point you're going to trust, and I'll just say, you know, uh, John Smith, because you know him as a person and he's proven himself to you and has earned that trust. And only then can you begin to trust him as Sergeant Smith. And, um, and he told me that in order to start that process of trust, I need to take a risk. And I need to believe in that person. And he asked me if that makes sense. And I, and I said, yes, it makes a lot of sense to me right now. And that took that mindset with me as I moved forward in my career. So, so Jason, let me, um, let me just tap in for a second. So essentially the leap of faith or the risk is, is, tr- is a certain measure of trust to start. And if they follow through and, uh, and then you, you're all in. Sort of. Yeah. So it's a living, breathing thing. It's, it's a, you can look at it as though it's on a linear fashion. The whole process of trust starts with belief. So that's just the first step in the process. And then the remaining is I'm going to give you actionable trust building activities to see if you follow through with what I'm asking you to do. And not only that, but I expect you to do that to me that I'm the commander, right? So I need you to tell me, hey, sir, I need you to do this for me and I need to prove myself to you. And over time, you build trust together. And at some point, it's going to be a realization. You're going to recognize that, wow, I, I really do trust this person. Um, and how that works is, is sort of trust is, we call it the essential currency for all high-performing individuals and team. And it's difficult getting comfortable with the process of earning and giving trust. It's a skill and it's developed through intentional practice over time. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you have a conversation in the beginning and you say, hey, we're going to develop trust together over time. And I want you to know that that's, that's our focus. That's our intention. And I want you to know that you're starting off with this clean slate. Here's the expectations. And as we go along, we're going to build trust together. So it's really just kind of putting it out there, making it real. And I think that gives you an opportunity to check in regularly to see how, you, how both of you are doing as you're going along. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's a process as we discussed and you're giving me and I'm giving you actual trust building activities. Uh, I'm verifying that you're doing what I asked you to do. And we're through experience, you know, we're developing this bond of trust that gets stronger and stronger and stronger. A lot of this comes out of Jason's uh, book, Deliberate Discomfort, which there'll be a link at the end. Um, I'm sorry, it'll be a link in the show notes. So Jason, uh, this brings me to my uh, a question. Could you share a story with us that would demonstrate this level of trust and, and how it trickles down uh, within a company? Yes, I've got a great story. It's actually in chapter one of my book, Deliberate Discomfort. And chapter one is all about trust, and that's the foundation. And there's a reason why chapter one is about trust. Um, Our first client was the New York Jets, and the head coach of the Jets was Rex Ryan. And for those um, listening that don't know Rex, he's kind of known as a bold, brash, and fearless guy. Um, What I saw at the New York Jets was how much his coaches, and especially his players, just loved him. And I saw that he was able to inspire such love and devotion because he believed in his players and his coaches. 
But the problem that I saw was he needed to turn that belief into trust. And he really didn't do that through the needed proper attention and cultivation. And so when we first sat down and he hired my company, you know, he said, Jason, I thought I had my finger on the pulse of the team of the locker room. And after last year's final game, I'm not sure I do anymore. Who are the real leaders on my team? Who are the guys that I can count on that I can trust? Who are the guys that are going to be there for me in the fourth quarter? And as a leader of the organization, Rex, he had to question the pulse of the team, the commitment from his players and the trust he placed in them. And the issue that we discussed with Rex was that he didn't know how to make the proper evolution from belief to trust. He trusted individuals when they did not merit his trust. He assumed that belief would translate into trust over time without further investment. Mm -hmm. So he trusted without verifying. Like he trusted all of his coach and players to enforce and articulate his message and his standards. Problem was his coaches and players weren't trained properly on how to effectively do that. So he mistakenly trusted some of his people who hadn't done anything to actually earn his trust. And the solution that we talked about was accountability and follow through. So after you've established belief with an individual, which, which Rex did a phenomenal job of, you need to take the time to develop that belief through actionable trust building opportunities, build that belief into trust through quantifiable and measurable tasks. In chapter one of my book, I talk about how my company commander, Major Brian Pettit, said, Jason, I believe in you right off the bat. In order for me to trust you, I need you to do these things. And one, one of the things he asked me to do was speak to uh, a number of different individuals in the special forces community and to get to understand them, find out how they think, how, what motivates them, because uh, he wanted me to adopt a similar mindset. And after I spoke with these individuals, he wanted me to come back to his office and report about what I learned. That's building trust. Jason, go do this. When you've done it, come back and tell me. Okay, now, Jason, you've, earned, you've, you've slightly earned my trust and we can continue to move forward and I can give you a bigger trust building opportunity. Uh, Rex didn't do that. He believed his guys. I believe in you. You're going to be awesome. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. But then he didn't cultivate that belief into trust. And, you know, I don't want to rag on Rex because he's a phenomenal guy. You know, I, I admired his willingness to be vulnerable. I, I, I admired his willingness to take that uncomfortable leap of faith by believing in his guys and by telling the truth. Um, and he established his trust through truth. And no matter how uncomfortable or harsh the truth was, his coaches and players respected and even loved him for it. He was unapologetically himself, and that's the foundation of a great leader. But he didn't understand how to follow through with that belief and turn it into trust. I think that, you know, I think a lot of leaders struggle with that. I mean, especially in today's world where even now we're managing remote teams um, more than we've ever managed them. And it's really easy. A lot of employees want that freedom and flexibility uh, as it relates to their job. And so you as a leader can tell them, hey, I trust you. I believe in you. But I, I think that story is so relevant today because you do need to put a process in to verify. Um, if you just say, hey, go do your job and you, you have that trust automatically, I think that people, especially employees, can start feeling like you actually don't trust them or that they are on an island by themselves and you're not right there with them. And so things can kind of fall apart. 
Well said. Yes, I would say then uh, trust is the foundation of company culture, so long as it's followed up with accountability and quantifiable tasks that allow the employee to earn trust in the company and for the CEO to trust the people that work for him. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And there's some things that you can remember, like like I talked about earlier in the show, like relationship, uh, integrity, persistence, accountability, and then consistency. You know, as you build your momentum, you know, you need to be predictable. And so I feel like predictability leads to trust. And if you're consistent with this predictability, you'll keep the trust that you've earned. You're talking about being consistent increases trust. Yeah. What what is it that you're being consistent with? What does it look like on a day-to-day basis? Okay, yeah, that's a great question. So what is consistent? Uh consistency looks like this. Like in in my experience with the culture, I try to simplify and de-stress as much as possible. And so if I can consistently um accomplish that with my employees that's a good day, you know, um, making sure that they're getting the information that they need on time in a manner that they understand, you know, making sure that they understand the task, what I want them to do, the conditions, you know, what I'm giving them to accomplish the mission and the standard, which is what I expect. This is what right looks like. This is what I expect from you. And then the time, you know, this is when I need it to be done to be completed by. In the military, we have something called the, a no shit date. And it's sort of like, I need this. My no shit date is May 18th at call of business. In the civilian world, you know, they don't use that term, you know, for a number of reasons. Uh, but what you hear a lot of is, uh, I need you to when do you think you can accomplish this? And they say, it should be done by May 18th. And the military is like, no, there's no, it should be. It will be done no matter what, even after, even if you have to stay late, you know, you're going to get it done by this date and we'll agree on the date that you're going to get it completed by. And uh, we trained to standard, not to time, you know, in that, in that way. And that's a common phrase in the military. So, uh, so being consistent, <clears throat> Also means being predictable, like I said. So not coming out of the blue with, um, hey, I need this tomorrow. Like it destroys culture. It destroys an employee's morale. And yes, there are times when things pop up like that and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, But if at all possible, you know, make sure that they all have a heads up on what's going on. When they show up to work, they have a task, condition, standard, time for everything that they have due. and then just, you know, not being a guy that's going to surprise them. And I think that's, that earns trust. I love that. And I'm, I'm going to end on that note. So well said, Jason. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for coming on The Culture Factor today. We, uh, I enjoyed having a whole team of people on, on this with me. It was great. Thanks for having me. I, uh, time kind of flies by. So thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for coming thank on. Thank you. And, uh, I want to thank our listeners for joining The Culture Factor and ask that you subscribe, rate, and consider leaving a review. We'd love to hear who you'd like to listen to next. And a thank you to our sponsor, Company Tribes. They have an app and a virtual experience to help keep your tribe together 
during difficult times like now and business as usual. How strong is your company culture? Reach out to paul at companytribes.com.